Welcome to the Candid Christian Podcast, a weekly conversation where we candidly explore the areas of life that Christians often shy away from. No topic is off limits because I believe that God has something to say about every area of our lives. All right, that's enough talking. I'm your host, Kamara Dorsey. Let's jump right into the episode. Welcome back to another episode of the Candid Christian Podcast. I am here today with my wonderful, wonderful roommate, Jessica Thompson. She is a strong woman of God. She is, first of all, she's a personal stylist. So if you need to get your clothes game up and, you know, and your fashion's looking whack, she's going to help you. She worked for Stitch Fix, so she could get you straight. She could get you right. All that, this, that, and the third. So, Jess, how are you doing? How are you doing? I'm doing well, actually. Yeah. That is great. Can't complain. It's great. I'm glad that you're here. I'm glad that, y'all, this girl, she got a testimony, and I'm glad that she's here. She's ready to share it, and I know that it's going to set somebody ablaze. So, I'm glad for us today on this episode. So, today we're going to be talking about relinquishing control to God and honestly the biggest thing about um finding freedom from perfectionism so Jess I kind of just want you to jump right in and I don't know I'm just jump it off like how did you um why did you feel like you wanted to talk about this what was so important about this topic that you were like yes I want to bring this to the forefront okay yeah um well I'm just gonna jump right in and say uh, I had childhood trauma which is really the catalyst for a lot of like the pain and grief in my life. Um, And perfectionism was always something I struggled with because I wanted control because I never had it. There are so many things that happened to me that was just like completely outside of my control. I mean, I was eight, nine, 10 years old. And so as soon as I like started to grow up, I realized that this big thing called, you know, perfectionism, but really a lack of trusting the Lord was keeping me from the life I wanted to live. I didn't realize it at the time, but my need for control was actually keeping God from doing what only he could do in my life. And now that I've experienced any freedom, I'm just like, wow, I never imagined I'd be at this point and never thought something so like small as like, oh, I want to make sure I like do this just right. Or how, yeah, I just never thought things would, something so simple would take such a big role in um, debilitating my healing journey. And yeah. And let's take a moment to kind of like explain perfectionism because there are (laughs) there are some people who would feel like there's nothing wrong with you know there's nothing wrong with doing everything with excellence or you know there's nothing wrong with being great and you know different things like that with which I'm not going to hold you there's nothing wrong with being great nothing wrong with being excellent but there's a point where it goes beyond I want to be great or I want to be excellent so if you just want to take some time trying to to just like explain to people who may not struggle with this so they don't understand like what really is perfectionism like what really is it that you're trying to do yeah yeah well in my mind perfectionism really is this idea of the unattainable Mm. like we are called to really live 
our best unto the Lord. But perfectionism takes it a step further to say that if this thing isn't exactly right, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. Or if this, you know, I work for Stitch Fix, if this fix isn't exactly the way it needs to be, then I've failed. And um, constantly needing, having this perfect idea of what things would look like in my mind and then wanting it to come to pass. But life isn't lived in the black and white, <laughs> like life is lived in the gray. So constantly trying to achieve something that you could never achieve really like brought me into this work mindset before the Lord of like, it's based off of my performance, which we know that it's not. Um, yeah. So that perfectionism really is like, it's the 110% when really you just like, it's okay to focus on giving a hundred percent, whatever it looks like yeah. in that season, on that day, in the midst of just living life. Yeah. That's good. Great. That's a great explainer because I know some people may not completely understand what is actually going on in your mind and in your heart when you want to, when you struggle with that. Um, so I guess what was the moment when you noticed you're like, mm, something's not right. Something's going wrong. Like when was that moment when you were like, mm, okay, I think I might need to do something here. Um, it actually came about six years ago. Has it been? Yeah, it's been six years. So right after high school, I went to college at Grove City nothing against the college as a whole but it really was like the year and a half i spent there was the lord bringing me to a point of like needing him mm. like i always needed him but i wasn't in a place or even in a mindset to really rely on him the yeah. way he wanted me to i was very much still functioning as like a protector of other people and doing this to people please and all of these things. And so I go to college and I just get to this point where I literally am crying uncontrollably every day for hours on end and like not knowing why. And I was always really good in school. And so I started getting really bad grades and actually lost like a loan that I got and other academic like scholarships. And I just sat in looked at my life and was like what is going on but more than that it I actually couldn't get a loan to go back to school mm. and so I had to leave partway through the year like the fall semester was over and I had to leave before the spring semester I got back home and I really just felt like a total failure like I really lost everything that I wanted yeah. in life. Um, it really brought me to like my rock bottom point, like that three months in the beginning of, oh, it's a 2017 was like three of the darkest months of my life. And I, I mean, I went through abuse in my childhood. So for those months to be so very like depressive and anxiety filled, I would just spend days sitting in my room alone in the dark and it, you know, worried, of course, my family and the people around me. So eventually it clicked in that I don't actually want to end my life and I don't want to live like this. Um, and that's when I started counseling. I got a job at David's Bridal and really like that point was what made me realize like it's time yeah. to pursue healing. Like I can't skate by 
doing things my way. Like I need to start. Something has to change. Yeah. Or else I wouldn't be here anymore. That's so. good. That's good. You know, just that part about pursuing healing. I feel like there's a lot of people, especially in the Christian, you know, area. Now a lot of people are starting to just be like, look, y'all, <laughs> we need to like stop playing games. You know, like the time's up because there's so many people who are dealing with darkness, dealing with depression. And they're kind of just sitting in it. It's just like, oh, like, this is how I've always been. Or this is how things have always been. And so it's like, yeah, when you hit that rock bottom space, you're like, okay, like, I know I've had some pretty dark days, but like, it's, it's real dark. Like, <laughs> like, whew, you know, like, where's the light switch type of thing? Yeah, so I think that's sure. really good that you like had that moment to realize like, okay, it's been dark, but this is just a bit too much. Like something's wrong. Yeah. Um, and just that's being able to come to that come to that point so I really I really like yeah, that. I, I would encourage anyone this is kind of a sidebar but if you really are any sort of like struggle with mental health or it doesn't even have to be a struggle I really believe that everyone can benefit from speaking to an unbiased professional now Amen. we are believers so I believe that it should be a Christian counselor mm -hmm. someone who's deeply rooted in their faith with God because that makes all the difference yes but even if you go once or you go several times for years or you only need to go once in a while, like seek help. There are people out there and if money is an issue, like there's always a way, there's always a way. You don't have to suffer alone. You better, first of all, I can't clap because then I'm gonna make a loud noise on the mic. But yes, seek help. It's not, it's really, it's, it's really not worth it to cost yourself your sanity by trying to stay silent. And so that's why I'm glad that you're here today speaking up on this topic. You, so, um, so you said you addressed the issue with counseling. So kind of like, I mean, I'm not trying to tell you to go into no deep details or nothing. I don't, mean, don't tell all I'm your business, it, okay? you know, whatever you want to tell, but just like kind of how was that process when you and your um, therapist or counselor started unpacking that? Like what, what kind of took place? You, you can tackle that however you want to, okay. but like, what was the, what okay. was the unfolding of all of that? Yeah. Um, so a little bit of backstory. I lived with in this environment until I was about 14 years old. And then thankfully, my aunt and uncle um, base, found out what was going on. It was like, absolutely not. Can you guys live there again? But this was three days before I started high school. Mm -hmm. Like literally got enrolled on the 23rd, started high school August 26th. And then we all know high school is, <laughs> it's a time. a time. It's a time. Um, and we were living in a small town where you can't really like break into the people who have, like the groups who have known each other mm -hmm. since kindergarten. Like yeah. they, they all had their cliques and so you just hope for the best. So my parents, the people that perpetrated, you know, the abuse against me really came over for several years mm. in this new healthier environment kind of felt like I was just faking life for a long time and wasn't really sure why they were still there but you can't really heal when your abusers mm. are over like every Sunday like it yeah. was very frequent so getting to all through high school and then as I just explained to that point in college, I never actually sat with my own stuff. And I realized for a while that I, my sister and I actually went through this together. And I had a lot of guilt around not protecting her mm. because she actually um, 
was on the the worst end of things and she lived with us for a long time it wasn't until actually I got back from college that she wasn't living with us anymore and that really was the start of me realizing that like I've been living kind of for her like in protection Mm. of her and uh, I actually didn't realize I was functioning in that point until she moved out and then um, got out of college and that's when the whole like okay I actually need to start dealing with this so getting into counseling was this wild thing (laughs) I was like I'm sure this woman is going to tell me I'm crazy I'm sure she's going to tell me this I'm sure she's going to tell me that I was wrong (laughs) on all counts Um, but really having to deep dive into the worst thing you can imagine like you trust your parents to treat you well yeah now my my mother was absent so this is my stepmother and my father and you you're a kid like you trust them with your life and you just hope for the best and this was the worst Mm -hmm. like actually the worst um so getting into counseling and trying to like unpack that and unfold that was the hardest like it was just the hardest thing because you have to relive it to heal from it in a lot of ways and so with trauma often there's triggers and I didn't realize that that was like a word associated with it but as we were going through these new stories and new ideas and actually my brain had suppressed a lot so not even like remembering the details of things and then getting into counseling and remember the details of things and processing it with another person thankfully I have an absolutely amazing counselor and I could trust her <laughs> um It was really, really, really hard. Like, I just remember not being able to do anything else on the days I scheduled Mm. counseling. Because when I got home, I, like, had to sit down. I had to journal some more. Like, it was only an hour-long session. But I – it was just so much all the time that it was years before I even, like, felt some sort of thing. And even to this day, I'm seeing my counselor less, but we – I'm like still memories are coming up that I didn't even realize I had suppressed before. So it's definitely, it's definitely a process and I wasn't very patient in it. (laughs) We should learning to be patient because everyone's healing journey, healing journeys look really different. Um, And so it really forced me to be patient and it forced me to rely on the Lord. And thankfully I had a Christian counselor who really like helped me unpack a lot of things and pointed me to Christ and actually like helped me see where he was in those times because Mm -hmm. he actually never left my side. Mm -hmm. I was just unaware of his presence in the midst of the darkness and the toxicity. Uh, So it was really, really difficult. And then getting into the later years, it started to become lighter and easier, but there was still just such a barrier that I could feel and I mean, even up until a few months ago, I was still saying, like, I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Mm. So it definitely helped. But unpacking any sort of trauma in your life, like, this is my story, but other people, like, any trauma you experience is a a beast in its own. But it's, it's worth every moment you sit down and do the work because the Lord will meet you where you are and actually provide healing in a lot of ways. Tell the people, tell the people. I just, you know, I just, I feel like we need to like 
drill this into everyone's mind, especially in the Christian community. Yeah. It's like, and I, I like how you're being transparent of being like, you know, I was impatient with myself and, and you know, like I can, I can agree because I'm also doing counseling and like, she want to take me through all this. And I'm like, yeah, no, honey. Yeah. I know my dad died. Let's get past that. Yeah. Let's go past that. He's in heaven. Let's go past that. But she's like, no, let's stay here a little longer. And I'm like, it's hurting me. It's hurting me. Like it's yeah. digging in there, yeah. you know? So it's just like, just that, just that part of just being like, when you do pursue healing or when you do realize something's wrong, it's like, you have to be willing to be patient with yourself or else you're, it's going to be, it may turn out to be ineffective and yeah. you'll just be in back in the same situation that you were months or years yeah. ago. So yes, being, being patient, that's, that's it right there. Um, I, I want to ask you, okay. As Christians, okay. As Christians, I want you to kind of like go into why you believe this is important because I think um, Christians don't, understand like it's like the you talked about a little bit like the works mindset a lot okay. of people get uh, a little bit confused they have some fogginess around like a, oh well, I'm just doing this for the Lord or I just you know so can you just like talk just dig a little deeper into that about why this is important specifically for our Christian brothers and sisters to see the difference and understand that the perfectionism mindset is is that's a no-go but you know relying on God that's necessary and like why is that yeah, well, I actually started ministry school back in August. Hallelujah. We are halfway <laughs> through our first term and wow. Um, but that really helped me see the two sides. I think a lot of people don't realize they're functioning out of a works mindset. Mm. And I didn't realize I was either. Because like you said, we're like, okay, well, I'm doing this for the Lord. Like, I, but in my back of my mind, I'm like, I'm doing this because I don't think I'm good enough or mm. I don't think like the grace and love of God extends to me unless I do this. Um, so often we get caught up in the old covenant with Noah. And I mean, we're, we're just taking it back to Old <laughs> Testament here because God did make a covenant with yeah. him. But Jesus, we know, is the new covenant and he brought freedom um, from the old covenant and from the law and really just this unconditional, just awesome. I don't even know the, I don't have the right adjectives <laughs> to explain like the depth of what Jesus did on the cross yeah. for us because we're kind of cavalier about it. Mm. And through ministry school, we're going back through like the foundations of our faith and like why we believe what we believe. And Jesus, as our ultimate sacrifice, you know, we as humans mess up. So the human had to pay the price, but he suffered more yeah. than a lot of us will in our life. And like, as the son of God, I just, okay, astounded, <laughs> astounded by this, but he offers us a better life and, yeah. a, and a covenant where I just love the imagery um, when he's on the cross and he breathes his final breath and the veil is torn because that was the physical barrier mm -hmm. and now we don't have anyone we don't no one else has to go to the lord on mm -hmm. our behalf like Amen. we can fully experience god and not only that we have the holy spirit in us that convicts and encourage and helps us in this life 
but we get so caught up in the idea of having to work for the Lord Mm. when his unconditional love means that there's nothing that you could do more or less that changes his love for you. Cause you know, we know that God is the same yesterday and today and forever. So his love is the same yesterday, today and forever because he is love. So the idea of still functioning in works as opposed to this new freedom that Jesus offers us on the cross and the Lord wants to extend to us. I mean, his, uh, he wants us to have an abundant life. It says in John 10, 10, like Jesus came so that we could live life and live it abundantly and getting wrapping my mind around that has been really hard, but it's been the best change because now, yes, I love to like commit my work day to the Lord and like <laughs> do things that I know is pleasing to him and like help others but I know that my salvation isn't based on that. Mm, And I, and I know that God's looks at me, the same girl who's crying in her dorm room with no idea what was going on and looks at me today and loved me the same. And I believe that. And I think a lot of times we don't realize that we don't believe, Hmm. like actually believe like in our heart, like, but we function in that place and you're like yeah i know god but do you believe (laughs) yeah right that's good you know that god loves you but do you believe in his unconditional undying love for you like do you believe that really anything you do he'll never stop loving you and Mm. i didn't for a long time and that also covers you know the perfectionistic aspect of like i don't have to be perfect (laughs) and i can't be perfect (laughs) right okay only jesus was perfect yeah and that was because he had to be the perfect sacrifice for us. So me constantly searching for the unattainable was really like debilitating. Yeah. And keeping me from, you know, the freedom I'm now experiencing. So really being rooted in the love of God as a foundational like truth over my life and believing that he loved me because, you know, my father, the only other like father figure I had only brought pain Mm. to my life. Now there were probably some few good moments, but my, I don't, I can't say that I remember really any of them. And for the longest time I related to the Lord, like my earthly father, Mm. because I mean, if that's the only father, you know, like it's not fair to God, but how else would I know to relate in my human mindset? And so trusting god was a hard and like believing this was a very hard thing for me to do like friends i'm telling you right now (laughs) (laughs) i had been in counseling for probably six years six or seven years it wasn't until maybe like a few months ago like november that i would actually say Mm. that i made the switch it wasn't even a switch like i don't even know what happened but I really went from doubt to belief and Mm. like really looked at what surrendering and giving life to God and all of that looked like and no longer was afraid of intimacy with him. Oh my gosh, I lived in so much fear, so much fear. And 
that obviously is not how the Lord wants us to relate to him. We need to have a reverence for the Lord, but he doesn't want us to fear him yeah, as yeah. our father. I forget what the question was. No, girl, you're good. And I see, I'm about to I'm about to go on a tangent too because okay. that doubt piece was doubt. really good. The that doubt. doubt piece was yeah. really good because you know, I started thinking about, you know, we call him doubting Thomas, but you know, <laughs> I started thinking about him and I'm like, that's really good. The truth is, you know, we all of a sudden see him as doubting Thomas when Jesus rose again and he's like, Oh, that's not Jesus, that's just a ghost, or you know, like whatever he's saying. In that moment, we identify him as doubting Thomas, but the truth is we have no idea how long he had actually been doubting before that point. Yes. Right. Because yeah. we even think of Judas and people are like, oh, man, dang, Judas just all of a sudden he just all of a sudden just got different. No, there were there were there were times in the scripture that showed you a little bit of insight to the fact that Judas wasn't right in his head. Like, yeah. so it's like we sure. see the same thing. We could see the same thing with Thomas of like, you just honestly don't know how long he was actually doubting. Like, there's really no way that we can know, like, maybe he was seeing Jesus do miracles, but he was probably like, oh, man, that, that ain't real. That's just a scam. Like, these are paid actors, you know? Yeah. Uh, you know, same things that people think today. And it's just like, I think the beautiful thing about the relationship with God is that he's not scared of that. Yeah. And he he welcomes that. Like, if you're doubting, he's going to welcome that because he welcomed those kind of people into his inner circle. Yeah. And it's really about that journey from knowing to actually believing. Like, I know this. Okay, yeah, I know. I see Jesus you know, healing people, or I see Jesus speaking the truth, but like, do I believe that he actually healed that person? Or do I believe yeah. that what he's saying is actually the truth? And so I think that's really like a beautiful thing because it's like, even in your journey of being like, you know, it's been, you know, seven years of me dealing with this. And it's like, Jesus is like, I know she, you know, he's, he's, he's like, I know she's going to get there. And it's like, you're like, man, it's been seven years. And only two months ago, finally, did I, was I able to actually verbalize that I actually believe what God says. And I think a lot of people aren't transparent about that mm. because we just, a lot of people who have grown up in church yeah. or just been around church people a lot of the time will just be like, I'm blessed and highly flavored. Praise Jesus, you know, praise be and all this stuff and just living fake. I'm just being honest. I'm, if you yeah. want to cancel me, you can cancel me. <laughs> I'm not gonna cancel but you. like, it, you know, but it's just the truth. It's like, cause I've grown up in church and it's just like, yeah, I'm blessed and highly favored. I'm hallelujah. I'm this, I'm that. I'm like, okay, stop playing. Because it's like, meanwhile, a lot of people want to kill themselves. Yes. Meanwhile, a lot of people aren't satisfied with their career. Meanwhile, yeah. a lot of people don't even really believe, think that God is real. Or, you know, like they don't believe that he can heal people and all these different things. Yeah. And it's just like that transparency piece and that intimacy piece, like you talked about in your relationship with God is really what's going to take you from where you've been to where you need to be. And so you better preach. You got me yeah. fired up right now. <laughs> because well, I am fired up right now. Um, yeah. And I just, even when, you know, I came back from college, having to explain to other people why I was back at church and I hadn't graduated mm. from school. Now, you don't owe people <laughs> anything, okay? But immediately, they're like, oh my gosh, you're back. Like, did you yeah. graduate? That's the first question they ask you. And I kid you not, I can't tell you how many judgmental faces mm. where they, you know want like give a look and then they say what they feel like is the right thing mm. like I'm a college dropout and that was hard to admit because yeah. of other people's reaction mm. but ultimately like me dropping out of college was the best thing the Lord could have done for my life mm. because if I would have continued at Grove City I would have continued to you know live this fake life where I would say that I was fine yeah. and in reality like fine meant I was actually like dying yeah. on the inside like 
the darkness had consumed me. Yeah. And it was crazy. It yeah. So we we just it's hard living and like growing up. I did you know, kind of grow up in church. I was aware of the Lord the whole time, but that lack of transparency mm. in church and the the response that people had when my life didn't look like what they expected it to. Come on, go there. Go there. Or, you know, the closed-minded idea of you... You know, you graduate from high school, you go to college, you, in the Christian world, you meet the person you're going to marry in college, mm -hmm. and you get married right out of college, and then you have a baby, well, you buy a house, and you have a baby, you know, not, now if that's anyone's life, like, I'm not dissing it, like, <laughs> I am so glad that the Lord provided that for you, because that is just amazing, but it's not everyone's story. Yeah. And so much of the church that I experienced was them expecting that to be my story mm. when we now know the lord had much better things in mind so yeah. i just want that to encourage any of you who are like oh my gosh you know, <laughs> i'm gonna be 26 in may and i've never dated anyone and i'm not ashamed of that and i shouldn't be yeah but other people would tell me that i should be but taking the time to you know work on yourself and having that transparent moment even within yourself but then also with like the people around you is so healthy to do prior to committing to someone else in relationship okay <laughs> that's is, a whole different episode that's right? a whole different episode <laughs> we will get into that but um yeah god's journey is much better than our own yeah. and my life looks nothing like what i expected it to and i praise god every day that it doesn't yeah that's good. it doesn't so I want to, you know, a you know, little bit of practical things. Yes. Okay. Because, you know, I'm very practical. Um, what would you say are some things like what, what, what does it look like practically when you're like, okay, I'm starting to actually relinquish control to God. Mm -hmm. Like what are some things that you would say started to happen where you're like, okay, like the light's turning on. I'm actually trusting God. Ooh, you know, like this is new. This is fun. This is different. Okay. This, this is good. Obedient. Mm. Okay. Jesus. Okay. Lord God. <laughs> okay. So I got to a point probably a few years ago where I actually like wrote a letter to my dad and that was from a prompting of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Um, and really like what has become like a secret place for me, a secret place of worship, the shower. Hallelujah. Um, there's something about the restorative waters that really just speaks to my soul and like <laughs> the Lord gets me there. And it was actually then that I wrote a letter to my dad. Still have no idea if he ever got it, mm. but it was the first act of obedience. I remember like the Lord told me, you know, probably by an inward knowing. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Now other people have told me for years that I should do that. And I never did <laughs> because I, I knew that the Lord would one day prompt me to do it. Mm. And since then, there's just been like more and more clear acts of obedience where it's so few and far between. Like that happened in July of 2019. And it wasn't until really 2020, it was the like 
an open air service, which just basically the church that I now go to, I was like kind of testing it out and they did church outdoors. And for the first time, like, I don't know, I wasn't going to go to church. And I was like, that's something so silly, like the Lord telling you to go to church. But like (laughs) the Lord knew I needed to be at church that day. And he knew I needed to be surrounded by the people that I was. And it really, you know, I was the first person would walk up to the front where they're like, do you need prayer? And I was like, yeah, I need prayer. (laughs) And the experience I had with the Lord in that moment. Now, every time after that, that I really um, was in a dark place, which, you know, happened often, like I could feel his hand on my back, like physically. Mm. Um, And that was the kind of comfort I'd never noticed from him before. And then in this year, like literally almost a year to the day, it was the third one where I, um, my family invited my mom to come to church with us. Now, a little bit of backstory, just so it makes sense. My sister, who I went through the toxic environment with, lives with my mother now. Okay. Um, and so my sister wanted to come to church. And of course, you should invite everyone to church. Um, and at this point, my mom is a non-believer as far as I know. I still, you know, aren't, I'm not in constant communication with her, but she came to church. My aunt and uncle were like, you should come. I fought it. Okay. <laughs> I fought it hardcore, guys. Fought it hardcore. Like, God is not a God of confusion. And I was confused all week. And it's because mm. I was making the wrong decision. almost almost through everything oh my gosh um and then I actually got to church with the same person who had who was there in that open air experience a few years ago and she we the it was a good Friday service and this pastor said exactly what I didn't want to hear but what I needed to hear and she looks at me and she says you know what you need to do now right and I was like no I'm still confused I was not confused (laughs) y'all I got home texted her stepped in the shower and I was like I know exactly what I need to do okay um and the Lord gave me the grace to do it Mm. that's the first time I had seen my mom in 17 years I there was one person in between me and her and that was my aunt because she is a safe person for me and I wanted I'm I couldn't just sit right next to her but that whole time I just remember standing there worshiping and like really just feeling peace Mm. like and I'd never felt peace like that before and then I drove home you know back here to the house and I walked in I was like guys I feel invincible (laughs) like I literally was like whoa so this is what the it's like when you like function in the Lord's will for your life Mm. and like really just walk in obedience and that was really third time's a charm (laughs) I guess because that's really when I was like okay we need to take steps towards really like surrendering. Yeah. And what that looked like for me was really just like opening my hands to God every morning. Well, I'm not really good about everyday things, but <laughs> doing it as often as I realized, yeah. you know, and knowing that I needed to do yeah. it every morning and really just saying like, Lord, I've seen what happens when I walk in obedience and I've seen what happens when you start writing the story. Like, I don't want to live in this place any longer. Mm. But let me tell you, I am stubborn, hard (laughs) of head, guys, hard headed. Okay, so this was in April and it was still August. And I went to an interest meeting for Journey School of Ministry 
And I'm like, uh, I'm not so sure I want to do that. Like, I think I should, but I'm not so sure. And God is not a God of confusion. And I actually went and saw my friend, one of my closest friends who happens to be a non-believer. And she really, like, God can work through anyone. Anybody. Because <laughs> she, I was talking to her about it because we're very open about um, religion and all that stuff. Like, she knows how much I love the Lord. And I just adore her but side note we were sitting there and she was like Jess I don't know what you're confused about in this moment but I know that you are a healthier person when your relationship with the Lord Mm. is in a healthier place and I just about dropped to the floor (laughs) and I said okay Lord I get it I hear you because the Lord does often speak to me through other people I'm like okay I got it good it was two days later and I'm like in school I'm like (laughs) okay that's it like I'm going to school and little did I know that like guys that was just only four acts of obedience Mm. and if I was paying attention I'm sure there would have been more yeah um but the Lord really just started working on my heart because you know the Bible talks about what like what flows from your mouth is really of your heart yeah and we, you know, think about the cliches of follow your heart, blah, 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 blah. But in reality, like we are in our thoughts are the doorkeeper to our heart. Like we mm. are in control of what actually sits in our heart. And a lot of times you're unaware of really like how your heart is postured. Is it really towards the Lord or what deep seated lies yeah. are sitting down in your heart and are occupying your mind because of that and this was a new concept that he had spoken of in school and I was like my mind is fine like (laughs) my mind is fine my mind was not fine my (laughs) mind was not fine it's so getting to a point where I was like being forced to Mm. focus on the Lord more because you know we have tests and we have scripture we have to read and I can be bad at having a routine so this like forced me to have a routine and I was so grateful for that but it also really got me to the point where I needed to be with the Lord, where I was having to open my Bible every day and I was really encountering him in the word, but I was going to church and encountering him in worship. And I am in a church community that I absolutely adore. Love you, Hill City Church. Um, and these people are like, they have a love for each other. Unlike anything I've ever known. And I didn't realize what community, like what, a healthy Christian community looked like mm-hmm. until I started going to this church and these people just met with nothing but like grace and love and you know all of these things all wrapped up together the Lord just provided everything I needed to bring me to a point of fully surrendering and when I did is really when I felt freedom from trauma and mm. the I would say okay there's one more there's a fifth probably act of obedience that really was another big thing where again in church having to go down to the front and this was a point where I was still would say I had experienced a lot of freedom like mm. I was feeling good like really good okay and they're like oh do you need prayer and I was like oh, I don't really need prayer but I again the same person who's been going to church with me kind of looks at me she just like gives me a glance I said, Shoot. <laughs> okay yes I'm going down and she was like Jess do you want me to come with you 
And I was like, no, Amanda, I love you, but I'm going to be bold. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, <laughs> Camara will know. Okay. I was not a bold person. I am not a bold person. Actually, I'm not going to speak that over myself. I am learning to be more confident okay. in God. But at this time, I did not do bold things. Yeah. I wasn't an adventurous. I was scared. I was shy. I kept to myself because I didn't think that I had the value to keep up uh, the value to take up space. Mm. Let me tell you guys, everyone has value from the Lord and you don't need permission to take up space Come on. where you need to be in this life. Okay. Sorry. I get it. I get off on tangents, but we're back to the fifth act of obedience. I feel this little nudging. My friend looks at me again. God speaks to me through others. It wasn't a direct, like Jessica go. It was like, she gives me the eyes that I know what I need to do. <laughs> so I walk down to the front and the people who like are kind of like the elders for our church are also for our school. And I wanted it to be them because I was like, they have been reading my papers. They like know what's going on in my heart. Like I want it to be them. Again, my plan, <laughs> Lord had a better plan. Now they're wonderful people, but these were, there was another couple that actually needed to pray for me that day. And I really just stood there with them and was like shaking. Okay, I, I'm cold. So I was like, okay, well, maybe I'm just cold. I was like physically shaking, like my mm. whole body convulsing, okay? So I walked down there. They're like talking to me. They're like asking me a little about what I need prayer for. And I was like, oh, anxiety and depression, because those were things I had struggled with for such a long time and still really didn't feel free of. And the husband in that moment was like, yeah, I can still feel that you feel really heavy. Now, I would say that I was walking light, okay? <laughs> I would say that. And I wish I remembered most of what they prayed, but I just really don't. I know at one point he um, anointed me with oil and then really spoke the first words about my future. Mm. No one has ever spoken anything about my future. I didn't even dream about my future. Mm. And then this man was like, you know, you're going to help other people who have been where you are. And then his wife begins to pray and she like prays for peace. And in that moment, like she says, amen. And my body goes still. Mm. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, I've always had a stress habit. I'm, my leg is always tapping. There's like mm, always, I'm wow. always moving. Like there's always something going around. So for my body to be completely still, I, I mean, I could tell the Lord was there, but I really knew yeah. the Lord was there and there was going to be more peace in my life after this moment. So I walked back to my friend. She had gathered up her kids, which are absolutely adorable. <laughs> and she looks at me and she's like, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I think I really am. And then after that, we actually were meeting with um, some of the other people from class and were like getting lunch. I sat there with them feeling like the lightest I've ever felt in my entire life, like feeling so confident. And it wasn't, from any earthly thing. It was really from what the Lord had just freed me of and yeah. really like the healing that had started. And I was floored, like <laughs> absolutely like shocked. I was like, there's no way it was that easy. Now yeah. it wasn't easy. It had been years in the making and these little steps of obedience, what I didn't realize is they were like slowly opening the closed doors of my heart to the Lord. Mm. Places that I didn't even realize that I hadn't surrendered were like now available to him like wow. i 
didn't think about my mom in the same way. I actually don't think about my dad in the same way mm. anymore. I really just want one day to be able to sit with him and like see him live for God. Yeah. Like, and yeah, so it, it was really, really crazy. And what I'll say is I love details and I love that God is a God of the details. He cares about the little things so much. I mean, he cares about it all, but even the littlest of step forward can make all the difference in life. Like one step towards him is just, he can do so much with it. Yeah. He can do so much with it. And so really just like, it's hard to hear God when you feel clouded by mental health mm -hmm. and trauma, whatever else is going on. But I just encourage everyone and it, even in myself to like find that place where you just have always felt like the Lord is there. And maybe mm -hmm. it's a person, yeah. like maybe it really is just someone who's always like encouraged you and you know that they like love the Lord and I don't know, maybe get coffee with them more often or like, I mean, the water bill is a real thing, but maybe you need to just sit in the shower without the water if it really helps. Like, yeah. or maybe you really just need to commit to opening your Bible yeah. and, and reading one verse. Yeah. Like those simple, small acts will open or even just crack doors that allow the Lord to then start to work. Yeah. But when your heart is hardened and you're focusing on what you think is the perfect thing to do, <laughs> there's not room for the will of God. Yeah. Ooh. Mm. And that's mm. not the life we want to live y'all because God's will, no matter what you picture for your life, his will for your life is a thousand times better. Yeah. Like it's beyond anything we can imagine. And he's already been showing that to me in like the last month or so. And it has been a wild ride, but mm. I am just so, so, so grateful. Yeah. Mm. Mm. My goodness. First of all, what? This act of obedience thing, I'm still stuck there. It is I'm it's good, right? I'm stuck. I'm stuck there. Like the acts of obedience and in, in like the whole thing of like, stop trying to think about what we think is perfect. But it's like, even the Bible says, that his excuse me his power is made perfect in our, our weakness y'all weakness, our weakness and it's just like that is that's bible i mean i didn't make that up you can Either. go find that in the bible like yeah. so it's just like the lord never it doesn't say oh when you're acting like you're strong then i you know people think i'm strong like no it literally does not say that it says God's power is made perfect in our weakness. So we're free to be weak. We're free to say, God, I don't know what the heck's going on. I'm tired. I'm, I'm sick. I'm, I don't know yeah. what's happening. My life is in shambles. And he can work through that. And he does. Exactly. Because, guys, vulnerability leads to vulnerability. Exactly. I cannot say that enough. Like transparency is so helpful. Like you want to be in safe groups of people when you're sharing like yeah. deep stuff in your heart. Like you want to have people that you trust, but it really like opens other people up to the idea of, okay, we don't need to like look picture perfect and mm. live picture perfect life 
because like this person was willing to say, yeah, this has been really hard for me. And then I can't tell you like how many times I've shared even like a snippet of my story, like, you know, really struggling with suicidal thoughts for a long time. Like it is literally singularly by the grace of God alone that I am alive and sitting before you today. Like sharing that with people, like even in class, like other people came to me and like had things to say and like could relate. And I was like, floored Mm because I always felt like I was living life so alone like that that this like one big thing was so hard and no one could understand well I mean God understands but also like other people had lived different facets of my story yeah and could speak into that but until I was willing to share they wouldn't have shared they wouldn't have have spoken anything into my life and that has made all the difference like feeling less alone loneliness doesn't cripple me anymore Mm -hmm. I don't like lay in my bed cry about feeling lonely anymore like I used to and yeah just vulnerability leads to vulnerability it it makes a difference it makes a difference that's good well Miss Thompson you (laughs) wow is there anything else you want to share with the people who are listening today any less thoughts any less encouragements Mm. you know freedom is for everyone Mm. and it was not a word in my vocabulary even three months ago truly um and so even like sitting here feeling so light And like, even last night, having words spoken over me about what walking in freedom will do for others um, really feels unimaginable. Like God is a God of the unbelievable Mm. because I never believed that I would get to this place. I really thought that like trauma, perfectionism, anxiety, depression, like all of the things that I dealt with for so many years would always mark my life Mm. and would leave me like unworthy of anyone's love. Wow. And that's just not the truth. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's not at all. Like God heals and his desire is to heal and he wants to be in our lives and he, wants those places we're keeping from him because he can do what only he can do when you like take your clenched fist and just open them up and say, father, I'm here. Like it really can be that simple. Um, And it, I really am just floored. Like I am so grateful to God and you know, to the people around me, I've had great community and great friends. Like the Lord really provided the the right people at the right time. And even, you know, living in this house has been such a blessing and exactly what I needed to get to where I am today. And when you look back, there's so many details that I couldn't see at the time. Mm-hmm. And now I'm like, wow, the Lord never left my side like I didn't see him but he was always there and I really just want that to be an encouragement to everyone like I've 
been through a lot, like a lot in such a short amount of time. And I didn't remember a day before just two or three months ago where I like wasn't overwhelmed by trauma in my life. I wouldn't sleep, all this stuff. And now I would say I'm walking in freedom, which even just sounds like so (laughs) weird to have those words come out of my mouth. But God is so good. He is so faithful. And he is right there with you. Yeah. And do not compare your journey to mine Mm. because I have done that for such a long time and God's promises are for everyone, but your healing is a process unique to your own yourself. Like it is unique to you. The Lord will is always there and he will bring you through it in the way that is going to prepare you for what he has next, Mm. because there is always, always a light at the end of the tunnel. There's always hope in Jesus Christ. And in his sovereignty, he can see it all. And really like, I would not be in this place that I am here today if I continued to take things into my own hands or like try to do something this way or that way. Like really just surrendering to the Lord and walking in obedience to him has brought me to this place at the exact right time. Mm. Like his timing is perfect and you're not alone. Okay. A lot of people are dealing with a lot of hard things, whether it be, you know, mental health stuff and suicidal thoughts and depression and anxiety and all of these things that feel so big. Oh, I know how big they can feel guys. I am a deep feeler. (laughs) The good and the bad and the ugly. I feel it all so deeply. And he just is there, which sounds so, you know, cliche. And I'm like, oh, yeah, God is always there. But like, <laughs> he is there and yeah. he loves you unconditionally. And his heart is that we would all experience freedom, but not only that, but like an abundant yeah. life, like beyond what we can imagine. Like, he wants to just use this place and these things to really bring us closer to him so that we're able to walk in confidence when we get to the things that we've always desired in life. Yeah. Like our desires are from him when we're really seeking after him. And I am really, I'm not going to say that I'm grateful for what happened, but I'm grateful for what the Lord did in my life because I know a lot of people who are a lot older than me who haven't experienced the freedom and the victory that I mm. have today. Yeah. And my heart mourns for them. And I, it really just makes me even the more grateful that the Lord started working and that I, you know, started surrendering as soon as I did because I, I was dreading my 25th year. And this has been the best year of my life. And I feel so old, but I am really still so young. And so I'm just so grateful and excited for what the Lord has next. But it's his promises aren't unique to me. Like he, those things are for all of us as believers. And he really just loves you. And like, really just, even if you don't believe that, just keep repeating it Mm -hmm. over your life and actually don't 
take captive those lies and those thoughts in your mind and that have really like taken root in your heart because as soon as you start speaking truth against them or other people start helping you do that it, it's again one of those processes where the the doors really start to open to the lord because they are lies yeah. like don't let lies hang out in there because the truth that god has and speaks over our lives and has written his word will bring the freedom that you've wanted and that you desire. And frankly, that because of Jesus Christ, we just, we can have, which is just still so astounding. I mean, I could go on and on. So I'm going <laughs> to stop there. I'm going to stop. Amen. Jess, thank you so much for sharing. I know everybody who's listening is probably so thankful that you are just sharing transparently and just, just being honest and open because you know what I'm trying to do here on this platform is just... <clears throat> create a transparent space for the people of God because I feel like that that has been missing you know a lot of people a lot of us we love God but you know we're missing that transparency piece that King David definitely had because (laughs) because he said what was on his mind when it was on his mind but Mm -hmm. he still always had that thing that you were talking about like you know but keeping God in his line of sight and saying you know I'm really stressed out but okay God I look to you because you're where my help comes from yeah. So I just want to say thank you for sharing. Well, and I want to say people. thank you for doing this because, you know, I'm an avid podcast listener <laughs> and it's really impacted my life in so many ways. Okay. And I am just grateful to be, you know, a small part of what the Lord is doing in your life and what how he's ministering to you and then through you to other people. Like, it's just, it's really amazing. So as we close out i just really feel compelled to pray so let's do so together father i thank you for this time of really just transparent conversation and for Kamara and um, her willingness to be the voice that we need um, right now lord and i i pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that they would begin to open their palms and open their hearts and surrender their lives to you, Lord, that they would be bold enough to walk in obedience and to live a life fully surrendered to you and your will. And Lord, I pray that in those places, they would begin to find freedom, freedom to live life and to see that life is beautiful and to live in the abundant life you you have for us because we know in your unconditional love you only want good things for us lord i pray for those who are dealing with mental health issues and those who are just feeling sick and tired of being sick and tired because i have been in that place lord and you know what they are feeling and you are there and i just pray that your presence would envelop them that they would be clear where you are in their sufferings and in these hard moments and in these hard days lord and that you would give them your peace and your joy and ultimately your strength to persevere lord knowing that there is always hope 
in the darkness and that you will be there on the other side of it all with open arms just as you are now in the midst of the struggle lord i thank you for everyone listening um and for what you have done what you are doing and what you will do in the future in my life and in the lives of everyone god as we seek you as believers in christ and i just pray this all with a grateful heart in jesus name amen all right folks we'll be back next week with another episode honestly i don't know who's gonna be on the next episode so you'll find out when i all righty <laughs> here at the candid christian podcast we're more than friends we're a family so we want to hear from you if you have a question that you'd like me to answer or a situation that you'd like me to talk about on an episode, feel free to email me anytime at kamarashania at gmail.com. That's Kamara, K-A-M-E-R-A, Shania, S-H-A-N-I-A, at gmail.com.